candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. And it is too damn cold. Oh, God. Somehow we're still alive. Alive enough to bring you this, our Riverdale Recap Podcast, and we are here to talk about Chapter 46, The Red Dahlia, written by Devin Turner and Will Ewing, and directed by Greg Smith. We might also talk some more about how fucking cold it is outside. It's on the mind. It's been rough, but we do have Riverdale to make it better. (laughs) It sure tries. It tries. And we have a puppy... We do have a puppy. We have a puppy. Which is why I've been going outside regularly through the day. You're the best. I love you. Covering my glasses in thick frost. I love you. When I get my keys out to come back inside, I can't feel my hands. I love you. But you know what? You'll have to love me soon because I'm going to do the last walk of the night. (laughs) And that's how a relationship is really about, you know, give and take and, and mutual support. Yes, yes. You know what else is about mutual support? Nothing in this show. (laughs) No. Not a single example. So we start with Jughead yakking to himself as he pounds away on his his typewriter. I bet Betty really enjoys seeing him using his Christmas present. Yeah. That's got to be nice. Yeah, I mean, he gets a lot of use out of it, it seems, occasionally, every six months or so. He, he used to write on a laptop, but not anymore. Mm-mm. No, now we are all about that typewriter in a very dimly lit room with lots of <laughs> dust floating around and suspenders being worn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not, not just like coolly dangling from our pants, like actually in use. The boy's finally got some sense in him. Yeah, or he bought pants that are way too big and he has to actually <laughs> use them for once. I don't know. The echo effects of the quarantine are still being felt. You can't get every size of pants in Riverdale anymore. You just got to make do. That's exactly what it is. And there's been like call for like metal to be recycled. <laughs> so like he lost his belt buckle. They're making victory gardens. Why yes. not? He, he's typing on his typewriter and uh, he's talking how about how Riverdale is a, a noir town. And yes. there's dames to kill, <laughs> and uh, it's a town of lost souls. Yeah, it, it becomes clear that for all of its, you know, noir affect, uh, generally, that this is the episode of Riverdale that is going all in on it. In, in all of his, all of the, the usual pop culture references are thrown out the window for Humphrey Bogart characters and pulp novel uh, uh, protagonists. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, everyone's got secrets to keep, including Jughead and his secrets of very large size. Six foot five, to be exact. Oh, a very tall boy. A rather tall boy. <laughs> uh, so then we cut to uh, the sex hole where Jughead and Sweet Pea and Fangs are there telling FP, excuse me, Sheriff Jones, mm-hmm. that they put Tallboy on a bus. They mm-hmm. took, you know, they walked him to the bus stop with a gun in his he- at his head and made him get on the bus and he left town. The bus driver had nothing to say about this. No, the bus driver was not concerned about the beat up man <laughs> with a gun to his head getting on the bus. It's like, okay, sure, why not? I, I would have liked for any any time FP's 
questions, you know, for, for detail or his incredulity to be met with them saying, oh, no, we meant like the TV tropes thing. He just left the show without an explanation. It's not a it's not a literal bus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, FP does not believe this bullshit. <laughs> and uh, he calls them idiots. Yes. And that he will pretend to believe them because uh, he's got too much going on. Mm-hmm. And as FP leaves the sex hole, we we follow Jughead's eyes to looking under the cot to see Tallboy's body. And I'm like, how the hell does that not stink? I've, that man has been dead for like a while. I've asked this question so many times, but I must yet again. What is the ventilation situation in the sex hole? I'm pretty sure it's just the opening to come down the ladder. <laughs> Uh, it like, still smells like the candles from all the G&G games. Yeah, I'm like, how did, did you just like, I don't know, rub a lot of essence around? Or incense around and like light a few? And well, be yeah, like, oh, they, yeah, they rubbed essence of Tallboy all over the place. I mean, or maybe they they went there and just started dumping a lot of booze around and be like, oh yeah, our party came here too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, so, like, they don't even have, like, a sheet over him or some dirty clothes in case <laughs> FP looks there. Like, it's literally just his body. His yes. face is almost sticking out of the cot because he's a, he's very, a very tall, tall boy. boy. <laughs> and I'm like, at least, like, I don't know, put some, like, canned goods around that because you know that bunker is stocked for the next 20 years. <laughs> like, put your your 10-gallon pickle tub thing of mac and cheese from Costco. Just Jim Baker's buckets all over the place. Yeah, just just fill it up. Mm-hmm. But no. You just, Wall him in. It's like you might as well just put him on top of the cot. <laughs> That's how exposed he was. Weekend at Tallboys, why not? Yeah, yeah, you know. Be like, oh, he's napping. Tallboy went into a coma, dad. That's why he's not responding. This is how you know that FP is not really a, a qualified for the position. Or he totally knows, and he's like, I'm just going to wait until these stupid heads get into worse trouble and come to me. I'm going to pretend. I'm going to pretend I don't know there's a dead body right there, even though I can see it. And I just accidentally stepped in its blood. Uh, so then, meanwhile, uh, Betty is visiting Hal, telling him about how the paper is saying Claudius's death was a suicide but a suicide by cyanide poisoning, and that doesn't make any sense, because how did he get it? You know, in in Riverdale Jail, you're you're issued a number, a blanket, and a suicide pill. Just in case. Just in case. They don't have a big budget, so they can't feed you very long. Mm Mm-hmm. You get uh, two phone calls. The first is to whoever you want. The second is to the guy that sells suicide pills, just automatically. Their their conversation develops, and she starts putting things together, and she starts bringing up Penelope, and how Penelope has always been around people who are dying, mm-hmm. which means maybe she's been killing people for years and getting away with it. Yeah, like, they, they assert that Penelope has been killing people for years. And, like, since, since when? I mean, she's associated with a lot of deaths. Yeah, like, I... It's kind of suspicious. It's kind of suspicious. I had forgotten at this point, though we are reminded later, that she did kill uh, uh, Daddy Doily. Yes. But that's person. That's not like, people. That's still like, just the one. Well, and Clifford. There's been suspicion about... Suspicion, Clifford. but... 
she she does bring up Clifford though, and how mm-hmm. well, but his was a suicide by hanging by hanging. But was it really? And were there any witnesses? And and so Hal helps her kind of put this all together, right? While we're right. also getting like Jughead voiceover about stuff. Mm-hmm. His voiceover continues like the whole episode. Well, yeah, it's he's the he's noir detective narrating his thoughts. Type, 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 typing on my typewriter. Coming up with overwrought metaphors about how long a woman's legs are. You know the type. So, uh, meanwhile, we, we go to Archie, who is still haunted and still <laughs> in an in-between place. And uh, Fred's like, what the fuck's going on, kid? What's up? Yeah, Archie's pretty sure that college is not for him. Probably because he intentionally failed the college entrance exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is this his way of breaking that news to Fred? Or Maybe. Maybe. Uh, he's like, I want to go back into construction. And Fred's like, great. Yeah, you don't have to go back to school. Is it uh, Saturday? Uh, uh, I'm just thinking he's like, that. Hey, you don't have to go to school. Did, did Archie just low-key drop out in this episode and we're not going not gonna to talk about it? Uh, and Archie's all like, well, I want to get out of my head. I want to work with my hands. And I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you play that guitar you have? Or why don't you go throw that football around that you throw around? Both things made easier with hands. Yeah. Then we are told that, you know, Archie is angry and hitting things make it better. And we cut to, uh, the construction site where he is just full on, oh, brother, where art thou? Swinging on some rocks (laughs) like a chain gang. Yeah, but he's, like, actually going at it. It, It's more of a John Henry situation. It's like, combine that with him baseball batting the bed where he saw his face. Yeah. They they learned that KJ Appa is fantastic at over-the-shoulder swings. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to use that skill, really milk it. But it it is break time, and the foreman is all like, hey, this is a union job. It's break time. You got to stop. And Archie is not having this. No. And he shoves him, and, and and then he goes after the foreman, and I'm like, that dude is going to fuck you up. He's a very large man. Yep. He has many years of muscles. So he has kicked off the crew. <laughs> he has fired on his yeah. second first day. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, we, we go visit Veronica at the speakeasy, where uh, she is given a very giant arrangement of flowers that are for her father Mm -hmm. from Elios's family. Yeah, good old Elio. And who's also very like, well, the sharks are coming. Well, we've got the jets, so I think we'll be okay. (laughs) And uh, reminding her that hits don't go unfinished. Mm -hmm. Meaning they're going to come kill him again. So (laughs) They're going to go kill him more. Yeah. The rest of the way, probably. Maybe these flowers you should put by his bed and they might explode. They are big old white funeral flowers. They are. Okay. Well, we're talking about white funeral flowers. Yes. Why the hell does anyone use that one white flower in weddings? Was it calla lily or whatever? Yeah, I think I know what you mean. That is totally a freaking funeral flower. Because they don't want to get married. Anytime I see that in a wedding, I'm like... That is the flower I associate with death. Yeah. Why? Why do they think that's a good idea? Well, because they're they're being forced into a marriage they don't want, but it's okay because their true love Wesley will come to save them. Yeah, they're they're just trying to live that out. Makes sense to me. Okay. 
So meanwhile, we are, are joining Jughead typing on his typewriter, mm-hmm. and then, you know, doing his little voiceover, and just as he talks about a woman, Veronica walks in the door. She, what? She walks in the door over soft piano and jazzy horns. With one of those hats that, like, defies gravity hanging yes. off of the head. And this long black coat that she wears through the entire episode, I adore this coat. It's Good amazing. Coat. Good coat. I love it so much. Uh, and, of course, she has a job for Jughead, private detective. Yeah, she slaps an envelope of cash down. She wants Jughead to find out who shot Papa. Who, who made him kick the maple barrel. Yes! Kicking the maple barrel. Kicking that maple barrel. Oh, I love it. So, of course, the first suspect is her mother, because she heard them arguing before that seizure, mm-hmm. before... All the stuff happened with the quarantine that didn't really happen. Another bit of of that noir flavor is that this episode is full of flashbacks. Oh, so many flashbacks. Anytime that someone is talking about a past event, which is not uncommon in the television program Riverdale, they insert a few seconds of footage from that episode, which is uncommon in the television program Riverdale. Yeah. And of course, Jughead takes the money. But in our, his voiceover, he, he gives us a little insight into the future about how he he didn't mind uh, playing detective, but if only he knew where it was going to lead. Then he wouldn't have taken <gasps> that money. Oh. Uh, so Jughead is interviewing Hermione. And he immediately and, asks, did uh, you kill your husband? said, going to get right down to it, Madam Mayor. Did you shoot your husband? <laughs> and she deflects and, and he re- replies... Mm-hmm. But did you shoot him? <laughs> uh, her alibi was that she was at Pops. Uh, so lots of people saw her. And she was actually on the phone with him. So it couldn't have possibly been her. Mm-hmm. Well, he asked about, like, what they were arguing about, what Veronica brought up. Yes. And the from arg- so, so long ago after her seizure. Yes. The, the argument was... That she had found out he was having an affair, uh, and she had Sheriff Minetta follow him, and he took all these like private detective photos. <laughs> snap, snap, snap from That's behind a bush. That's not something a sheriff does. It's not something a sheriff does. May- maybe this sheriff, this personally bought and paid for sheriff, but like sheriffs in general, no. Yeah. They also don't kill teenagers in mines, so. And uh, Jughead's all like, well, that gives you good motives to shoot him. (laughs) She's like, no, I didn't shoot him. I gave him an ultimatum. He left her, which means she has a good reason to shoot him. And you know how volatile blondes are. Ooh, that's a dig at Betty. Meanwhile, at the Archie household, or the Andrews household, uh, Fred is telling Archie that he can't go to work because he was a dick to yeah. the guy that's worked for him for like 40 years. You don't and pick a fight with the, the union rep. Archie has become like full on whiny teenager here who's like, well, it's not my fault. <laughs> and then Fred's like, well, what's this bottle of booze I found? And he's like, you just, I'm out of here. I don't have time for that. I'm going. <laughs> you understand, dad? <laughs> And just full little bitchy teenager. Yes, and absolutely. And Fred, Fred yells out the door at him that he better, like, get his act together. Something, I forgot what exactly he said. It was so perfect, daddy. He says the very dadliest thing yes, he could say. Yes, about how you better turn it around, boy. 
meanwhile, uh, Betty goes to Uncle Claudius's funeral. Yeah, which Turns has the the cottage has a dedicated funeral space because, of course, it does. Well, they have a lot of people die in their family. It makes sense. But she comes in as Penelope is, is giving a eulogy, and everyone stops and looks at her, which is just like. Penelope, Cheryl, and Nana Blossom. There's like hey, no one else there. Tony's there too. And Tony, that's about <laughs> it. They're all like, oh, you're here. They're like, well, Claudius was family. And of course, Cheryl tells her to mourn with us, cousin. <laughs> like you do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Penelope goes on about how uh, no one in this town welcomed him. And that's why he took his own life. And she starts crying. And Nana Blossom just turns to Betty and is just crocodile tears. Which everyone can obviously hear because, again, there's five people in the room. <laughs> yeah, like seriously. <laughs> uh, so then afterwards, Betty talks to Cheryl. And Cheryl is not very happy about Betty bringing up how her mother... Uh, is around a lot of people who die, mm-hmm. which I'm like, Cheryl, since when do you care about your mom? I don't understand. Well, she's really not into the snooping during family mourning time. I... Family mourning time is very important to her because it's an opportunity to be the most extra. Yeah. And Cheryl takes that very seriously. Mm, okay. She she is very clear that her father killed himself, that there was no foul play. Mm-hmm. So then we go to the sex hole mm-hmm. where we got Jughead and Sweet Pea and Fangs. Sweet Pea and Fangs are like, you know, the gargoyle gang. They're looking for Tall Boy. His body's still here. We got to get rid of it. Jughead's like, no, we can't. It's too hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, is it too hot? Like too hot crime wise? Or is it actually like too hot outside? Which I don't think it is because so you're wearing jealous. a sweater, which means that body should be stinking. I would love it if they just hung little, like, pine tree air fresheners all over him. There's <laughs> one dangling off his nose. A lot of Febreze being sprayed. <laughs> so then Jughead tells Fangs to stay there and lock himself in the bunker with the body. Mm-hmm. And Sweet Pea has to go tail someone. And I'm like... Fang's got the short end of that stick. He is being asked to stay with a dead body. That boy is going to have some traumatic ghost hallucinations or something going on. I'm waiting for the uh, the deleted scene where we see them come back and Fang's has set up Tall Boy on the opposite side of a checkerboard. And somehow Fang's is losing the game? Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, Veronica has gone to because she heard from from elio that like people are are ready to move in you know on the territory and they haven't seen the the man in black for a while there's blood in the water sharks are sniffing yeah so so she's talking to nico and miko yes miko miko (laughs) the the small forest creature they have rhyming names they have like what is it they basically don't have names fuck these guys there are a couple i think of... i'm pretty sure it's nico and miko previously unnamed uh no they uh, had uh hiram introduced them in another episode and i remember laughing about how their names were the same well basically. i'm just glad they don't have the first initial a for once because they are hiram's current capos yes so she's talking to them 
And he's, they're saying the same stuff, like, you know, no one's seen the man in black. Um, no one's been collecting. This is bad. You should probably align with another family. Probably. They, they want her to, to fold up and, and give in to Elio's family. Because they seem nice. And she's like, you don't need to mobsplain to me. <laughs> and then she fires their asses. Yes. Yes, she does. Because they are uh, capos who had, you know, their mob boss shot underneath them. They've just been standing around and not doing the collection. They're entirely useless. Yeah. They're dead weight. Are there job postings for capos? Like, it, like if I go on ZipRecruiter, am I going to find that? By the way, we are not sponsored by ZipRecruiter. I think you have to go to, like, Craigslist I promise I will never sell you a mattress. Well, how about some HelloFresh? <laughs> now we come to no, you. To no, no, no. <laughs> never give in to the dark side. What about Purple? Have you heard about the new other mattress that's not like <laughs> the other mattresses? <laughs> What's the audiobook thing you can look? Audible? Yes. Have you heard about Audible. They don't do comic books. I don't think it fits our brand. Fuck you, Audible. The other show, though, it would actually. Yeah. yeah. Those are like the three things. And then like Skillshare. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing the same four things. Why? Why is it all? It's just them. It's very annoying. <laughs> I don't need to hear about any of those things ever again. But in any case, I would love to see Nico and... and Miko. Rico. Jiko. The, Kajika. Uh, Kajiko. Yeah, yeah, Jiko, the, the restaurant at Disney's Animal Kingdom Moco. Lodge. Woco. <laughs> Kokomo. Uh, his, Loco. His resume has got to be fantastic. Loco. Special skills Oco. comes with a rhyming partner. Moco. Choco. <laughs> See, sometimes I try to do bits. Yeah. And I know they don't always <laughs> land. But you make them really hard to cut around when they don't, so now everyone has to listen to that. <laughs> That's the whole point. If I just keep talking, you can't edit it. <laughs> I know how this works. Uh, so Veronica goes to the speakeasy and brings Reggie in and brings in Smithers, who I forgot wasn't dead. <laughs> I really thought he was dead. I totally forgot he was alive. I was really, really happy to see Smithers. Uh, for one, yeah, good to see him around just in general, but also like the whole reason he left was that he was not cool with the criminal side of the business. Yeah. But now the show's reached a point where the criminal side is the only business that like, that's all there ever was now. Yeah. As things have got, as things have changed. So what was he ever doing? Apparently he doesn't have a logical reason to object anymore. Yeah. And he's always loved Veronica very much and very like paternally. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's back. Smithers is back. And of course she's like, you know, I need people I can trust. She explains the situation. And then Smithers starts going on this long story <laughs> where then I'm like, shit, he's talking about the war. What? And when he was like being shot at and how he was taking all his dead buddies' helmets and like propping them up to make it look like there were more of them so they wouldn't get shot at more. And you know what we need to do? We need to do that, Miss Veronica. Now, this implies... <laughs> That he was in trench warfare, yep. right? Yep. <laughs> Smithers fought in the First World War. <laughs> like, that's totally what it was going for. <laughs> I assume that's not what he meant, but it was World War I scenarios. 
Why is Smithers fighting the Kaiser? <laughs> uh, so yeah, she takes his his story and and understands that you know it's it's not what things are, but it's what they appear, and we have to do a ruse. She she gets a great big light bulb over her head, and we'll check in with that in a bit. Uh, so Betty and Jughead are doing some boyfriend girlfriend investigating. Their investigations have crossed paths. They're they're collaborating. They're they're at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they are looking for the blonde from the picture, and they were directed to go to this floor, but they weren't told a room number. And then they're like, "Oh wait, we don't need a room number because we're gonna check out this room that just has that a little red light on it." Doesn't have a number, but they're they're sent up to this floor of the hotel by the concierge. Yes. This secret floor that they did not know existed. Yes. That has exterior windows. Yes. So you could stand outside the building and and just count. You could you could look at the floor. You could see you it. You could. How many people actually do that? From the street. How how big is the five seasons? This is a small nothing town. It's very large. This is a small itty bitty town that has one school. And one a, restaurant and a hotel. And one luxury high-rise hotel. That has secret floors. <laughs> Next season, it's going to, uh, we're going to have a crossover with American Horror Story in this hotel. Oh, I figured it out. I figured it uh -huh. out. The, the secret floor that they're on is the 13th floor. Oh. And everybody thinks that the elevators are just like the, the superstitious kind that doesn't have a 13 button. Uh-huh. But what actually happens is you are skipping from the actual 12th to the actual 14th. There's some secret way to get to floor 13. You gotta, you gotta 13. take the stairs. That's where they hid the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. I solved it. So, so while they're exploring here, Betty informs Jughead that she heard from Dr. Curdle Jr. Mm -hmm. um, that there was no autopsy performed on Claudius. He was cremated by Penelope's orders before an autopsy could be performed. Um, so she has Curdle uh, Jr. looking for the autopsy for Clifford. Maybe there's something there. I feel like we see everyone who dies in this town, so he's not that busy, frankly. No. Yeah, they, they come across this door that has a little red light on it, and they go in, and it's a sex club. Of course it's a sex uh, club. There, there is someone getting whipped, and we find out that it is uh, called the Maple Club. Of course it's called the fucking Maple Club, because if you couldn't guess who's in charge from just the fact that it's a sex club in Riverdale... Yes. The name is going to give it away. This is Penelope's brothel that she's so upset doesn't exist yet. I guess she just wants her own sole address, mm -hmm. I guess. Uh, so we are told by, by this worker mm -hmm. that it is a safe place as long as you know the safe word. <laughs> Penelope Blossom is going to put that in little quotation marks under like Maple Club, mm -hmm. neon sign, flashing, <laughs> free cable. <laughs> yes, free cable ties yeah. to go along with the silk, the hemp, the leather. They have all of them, yeah. all of the ties. Uh, so this this girl tells, the, they show her a picture of, of the blonde girl and she she you know, wants to be paid to speak, which is like, Everybody yeah, wants do to be it. paid if to you, speak. If you can, people want information, make sure you ask for money first. 
it's it's part of the noir trappings of the episode. Every yes. person that speaks to them uh, gets their tongue loosened by by a sliver of uh, that wad of cash. Yes. Veronica slapped down at the beginning. Uh, so we find out this this woman has been there, but she doesn't work there. Uh, and then Penelope comes in, and she's very upset because this is a private club. They should not be there. Also, they're 16. <laughs> uh, so then they, they have a nice sit down with Penelope to discuss things. Penelope makes sure that they understand that the Maple Club is the place where men suffer. Yes. This is, this is her thing, and this is very great and empowering and yeah. dominating. And that's, that's her response to Betty's accusation that, you know. Oh, yes. That they're exploiting people, because that, that yes. is the lens through which she sees sex work. Yes. And she's like, no, no, no. This, this is not that. And, like, while that's possible, I don't know if I would trust Penelope Blossom to run that sort of place. They are not she's, getting paid properly. You know little, that. You know, sadistic herself in, you know, the employer way, not, not just she, the, the sexy fun time way. She is not offering her employer employees health care. No. Paid time off. Well, nothing like that. She would have to register them, and they are still in the state of New York, allegedly. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, so Penelope goes into how um, she was eight years old, and she was plucked from the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. More and flashbacks. Of, yes, and of course Betty's like, "Well, that's why you killed the sisters." She's like, "Well, I wouldn't kill the sisters. They're not the ones that sold me. It was the Monsignor who did that. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'd want to kill him." <laughs> And she's like, well, I didn't kill Claudius because I was here, and any of them would say I was here. Well, of course they would. They want to get their PTO approved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they they leave, and on the way out, uh, Betty gets a text from Colonel Jr. that mm-hmm. she needs to, I don't know why he can't just tell her anything over the phone. Because I want to see my favorite character's face. That's why not. Yeah. So we cut to the speakeasy, where I guess it's the middle of the day, Mm -hmm. uh, but Josie is singing. Archie is at the bar, and Reggie is cutting him off because he's very drunk. He's very drunk. Uh, I wish I could remember the name, but it's some Madonna song that Josie's singing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Archie's just being a dick. Yeah. Yeah, he's- A drunk jerk. Demanding to not be cut off. He he asks for another bartender. There is a bouncer. That, yeah, that scary bouncer. Slams Archie's face down on the bar and puts him in a half Nelson. Uh, but Josie, Josie rushes in and is like, no, I know him. That's my friend. Let him go. I'll get him out of here. And uh, she she takes him home. And drags him bodily, hefts him into the bathtub, and starts pelting him with ice water. Because he is in a free fall, and she is not standing for it, and he (laughs) needs a cold shower. Josie's fucking great. Uh... We'll we'll talk more about it because she she has some she has some lines that feed into the points I want to yeah. make. But just like as a general point, we, Josie's we, great. We haven't seen this much of Josie in a while, and, and it was nice. It's very good. In general, the, ever since the break, the, this show has just been so bare in how it's discarding its cliffhangers. Yes, like let, let's follow Archie between the end and the beginning of the last few episodes uh-huh. at death's door to a four hundred mile run. Mm-hmm. Incredibly sharp. This the fear is that he's too sharp uh-huh. to a slobbering sad drunk. Yes. What is happening between these episodes? Um, twelve hours. 
That's about it. <laughs> Archie's been fired before, right? Like, come on. Well, and the thing that I think is funny is like the the bottle of booze Fred finds is the one that he drank from that we saw. And I yeah. was like, shouldn't it be like a completely different bottle now? Because he definitely would have gone through that. Well, no, he's just got his favorite brands. That's yeah. It. He has a lot of identical bottles. Oh, Archie. Oh, Archie. It still looks like maple syrup. <laughs> Uh, he should have hit his booze in maple syrup, and Fred could have been like, why do you have syrup in your room? We're gonna get ants. Civic pride. I believe in this town, Dad. <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, Veronica goes and visits one of the collection sites, and, uh... And now we get a proper look at this incredible coat. I love the coat. It's a good coat. I want the coat to be added to the cast. Yeah. Just see it on a hook sometimes. So she's all, you know, I'm collecting for Mr. Lodge... You know who he is. Glance back at the car that's waiting. And there is a figure in black with a black hat and then Smithers driving. She uh, she collects and she goes back to the car and we find out that it's Reggie mm-hmm. and of course Smithers. And yeah. It's very, it's very good. Re- Reggie is the body double for either Hiram or Claudius, depending on who the man in black is. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's swapped in the last episode. <laughs> So at the um, morgue, we find out that it took some digging, but he uh, found the the F- Clifford's um, autopsy because though Penelope requested that one not happen, uh, his his father, Doctor Curdle the first, um, <laughs> did one. Very curious, curious fellow. Uh, maybe you should learn a thing or two from your dear old dad, huh, Junior? Yeah. So Clifford, yes, had bruising and stuff around his neck from the noose, but he also had a whole lot of pufferfish venom mm-hmm. in his blood, and he was dead before he got hung. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. So then back at Josie's, uh, she gives Archie a shot of lemon, ginger, and cayenne. Most- she wants him to go on a cleanse. Yeah, this seems mostly like a punishment. Like, <laughs> that's that's not how anything works. She's like, Archie, you need to flush your organs and cleanse. She's been talking way too much to, to the uh, farm. To, to the farm. She, she's been getting that, that gateway uh, stuff. Yeah. Next, she'll be like, here's some apple cider vinegar. You should drink this by the bottle. Archie, I'm selling essential oils, but I'm going to give you a, a lot of free samples because we're friends. Also, would you like some LuLaRoe? <laughs> Very soft leggings. Archie, I have a sh- I have a spare jade egg. I don't know where you're going to put it, but I trust you to get creative. Archie, how do you feel about beach body smoothies? <laughs> and so so Archie tells her about how he, you know, got canned on his first his second first day. Mm-hmm. She's all like, dude, you I know you're angry, but do something constructive. Music or if you gotta beat stuff up, Kevin's dad boxes at the gym. Like, go hang out with him. <laughs> that does make sense. He he does have like a, a I used to fight when I was young body. Oh yeah. Back when you saw him pumping iron in the basement. Yeah. 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 What I would love it for Keller, Sheriff Keller, ex Sheriff Keller, mm-hmm. and Archie to be workout buddies. Yes. It'd be so good. Kevin would be so jealous of their father. Not father son time. <laughs> oh, but then Kevin is going to get Fred in, <gasps> uh, into like not demonic RPGs. Yes. 
Yes. yes. They'll, pay, they'll play uh, like Settlers of Catan together. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Or, but Kevin's special house rules. Yeah. Where it's uh, a septagons and instead of hexagons. It's, it's much more they'll, complicated. They'll have father-son banter where Fred's like, we should follow the rules. That's not what it says. And Kevin's like, no, this is the better way. Uh, Understand me, Dad. I want the scene where uh, uh, Fred gets out the box, lifts off the lid, and brings out the like four-page uh, rules booklet. And then Kevin's like, "No, no, no, no! Slam three-inch three-ring binder, <laughs> all handwritten." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, yes. he definitely got it from Kinkos, but it's like thick, full, bound <laughs> yeah. professionally with his own sketches. <laughs> But, oh God! I want that. Yes. My my favorite line in this scene, though, is when Josie says, "I know we didn't talk much last year." Yeah, I fucking know. Yeah, you didn't have any freaking lines. How many episodes of this show do I just say? You know, it would have been nice to have more Josie this week. <laughs> Every time. So suddenly, um, Archie talks about how you know he thought he killed his demons and his self, and she's like, "Wait, what?" She's like, I don't. Excuse me? What are you talking about? You, you killed who now in the cabin? And he's all like, oh, light bulb. I gotta go face and kill my one last demon. And he just runs out. And I think she's pretty concerned and about to call 911. Yeah, that is what a good friend would do. <laughs> I think my friend's gonna go kill someone. Hey. Maybe metaphysically, but like, I'm worried. Hey, uh, sheriff's office, uh, a non-emergency line, by which I mean my friend's dad's cell phone that I yes. know because he's my friend's dad. Because no one calls 911. You call your friend's dad. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah. So so Veronica is doing some, some business work mm-hmm. and uh, comes across some paper and then confronts her mother about some shady uh, business deals. It's a really good shot when she is finding this paperwork because she's, of course, sitting at her dad's desk mm-hmm. uh, with the oil painting of himself. So, like, she's under the watchful eyes of Hiram mm-hmm. as she she tries to, like, dismantle his, his operation. She confronts her mother that she was part of Fizzle Rocks. Uh, this paperwork shows that she ordered the quarantine. Uh, and Hermione's all like, no, 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 you don't understand. I found out they were making them. And then I told them to shut it down, and the quarantine was a distraction. (laughs) And he was supposed to shut it down, but then he lied. And now, instead of it being part of the sisters and the prison, it's just all in the prison. Or the the Maple Farm. Maple Farm. Yeah, Blossom Farm was like the original place. Yes. And then the prison was the expansion, and then he just consolidated it all in the prison. Yes. To hide it better. So that was the point. That was the point of the quarantine, was so he could get a moving van under cover of darkness. Yep. He could have just been, like, fumigating. You know how you hide things in Riverdale? You say, let's throw a party, and you throw a big party two miles away. I'm redecorating. You, like... You just say, none of your fucking business, I have a lot of money and guns. Yeah. What? (laughs) Uh, so, so Veronica's all like, well, this is great. He's in jail. Let's destroy it all. Hermione's all like, yeah, that's a great idea. I love that idea. Let me go you one better. Don't. Yeah. Second option. (laughs) We sell it. (laughs) I have a buyer lined up. This will be great. Don't you think we deserve to to get something for the pain we've been caused? Yeah. 
Like, yeah, but don't you think we shouldn't be selling drugs or allowing others to sell destructive drugs to our community? Especially to so many minors? Especially to people who are going to profit off of that to come after us? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Betty goes to visit her Auntie Blossom. Personal pet peeve. It's aunt, not aunt. And I hate when people say auntie. Yeah, but it's the Blossoms totally thing. would. The Blossoms totally would. They are would. those people. Betty wouldn't. That's what bugs me. Maybe she's doing it mockingly. Like, their their pretensions like of being old money. Trying to, like, butter her up. But it's it's just syrup cash that they don't have anymore. Well, so she goes and has this conversation uh, that she has proof that Penelope poisoned uh, Clifford. And she... And therefore... All these other people. She she even knows about uh, Dilton's dad. Yeah, about Daryl and how... It took me a long time to remember who the fuck Daryl was. <laughs> you're like, who is that? Who is... Dilton's dad. Okay. She's like, you're going to go to jail because you poison people. And she's like, no, no, no. I poisoned men. Men aren't people, Betty. And all these men did things. Mm-hmm. Clifford killed Jason. Daryl was a Judas. Daryl was a Judas. A Judas. He sang too well in Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> Damn him. <laughs> was yeah, that really good? That was really, you caught me off guard, darling. <laughs> and Claudius caused everyone to have those seizures. There, what? There was runoff from the manufacturing of the fizzle rocks that was going into the river, and that was causing the seizures, which I did say it was yeah. in the water. You did, you did. So it's just a coincidence that it always happened in front of Evelyn. It's just a coincidence that it always happened at a point of, of like, dramatic tension. Well, I mean, that one, it's a TV show. Did, it always was. Did would. it start with Betty because she's just so well hydrated? <laughs> Betty gets her eight glasses a day. Yeah. Rain or shine, never yeah. fails. Yeah. It, keeps, it gives her a lustrous and shiny coat. Yeah, that ponytail. <laughs> Did it happen to all the cheerleaders because they like suddenly decided to go on a water fast and drink a lot of water together? <laughs> there was a new inductee. The the new hazing thing is just skinny dipping, and they they gulped a lot. Yeah, yeah, because it's all in Sweetwater River. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? It's supposed <laughs> to be Evelyn. Apparently, there there were orders or tests on the river that were faked, mm-hmm. and uh, Claudius planned to just continue poisoning the town, and Penelope couldn't have that, so she killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, she's like, you know, we're not that different. You poisoned your home by being, bringing Chick there. And she removed the threat by sending him to die, because again- uh, the the conjugal visit pillow talk. She knows all of Hal's and Betty's secrets. Hal has some really fucking weird foreplay. <laughs> so they they like to play truth or dare. They just have a lot of truths to tell. Yeah, yeah. Penelope's of course like, well, if you tell, I'll tell. What you gonna do, bitch? <laughs> that one's not a line, but it could no. have been. it could have been. Meanwhile, uh, Jughead is still, I guess, in that hotel and has not left. And is just chilling. <laughs> I don't... 
Because he was going to go into the other room. That's what he said when Betty left him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go check out room whatever. 311. Yeah. Three doors down. 311's a great band. <laughs> Saw them in concert years ago. Of course you did. I did. It was the 89X Till Christmas show. <laughs> Newfound Glory was also there. Every time you mention the, this uh, 89X Christmas show you went to, you add another band. I think, well, I saw two shows at that venue, and I think sometimes I get confused which band was in what. It sounds like you went to some... (laughs) There were at least six bands present. It sounds like you went to a weird lost, like, Woodstock or something. (laughs) At Cobo Hall? (laughs) Or Warp Tour just had one stage and one day. Well, there was definitely 311, and there was definitely um, Angels and Airwaves. Uh Uh-huh. Do you remember that? That was like the Blink-182 first spinoff. Angels and Airwaves sounds like the young kids uh, uh, radio program on the Christian channel. Because that was around the time one of our friends like went and ran into the crowd and almost got kicked out. He like jumped the, the into the pit. And 311, they sang that Kryptonite song? No. Okay. <laughs> In the room where Jughead has been chilling out, I don't know, ordering room service <laughs> on someone's... Uh, uh, room charge. Yeah, he's just chilling, and he's he's playing with a Glamourge egg. Doing some fushigi with that. Fushigi. <laughs> it actually goes really well to 311. <laughs> oh my god! Hold on! Hold on! One second! You need to... I can just see Jughead, like, grooving to some fushigi shit here. Just, like, dancing it out with his little fushiginess. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Can't you see it? So that one's 311. Okay. Yeah. You don't see it? You don't (laughs) feel it? I definitely see it and feel it. That's that's what people who fushigi jam to. And if you fushigi, (laughs) let us know if we're right. No one has done a fushigi in the last three years. So, uh, well, Jughead is is having this experience with 311 <laughs> in his head. While he's opening his fifth chakra. <laughs> he's he's focusing on his heart during this one. You know that some people think 311 is secretly racist? What? Because the 11th letter of the alphabet is K. So they think oh. their name might be code. I think it's just like a fucking area code or some shit. The band has denied it vociferously. <laughs> Probably like an area code or a zip code. Now that I am in control, so, I will d- so, describe the So is the Chicago like non-emergency helpline racist? Is that what we're saying? Yes. Because we got 911 and we got 311 and you call 311 if you need to report some potholes or if you need to find out when the county clerk's open to or if you're trying to say, hey, it smells like gas on the street corner, you should send someone here. Or if you need to uh, report someone who looks suspicious in your neighborhood. No, that's 911. Okay. (laughs) 911 is the most racist number. It's true. This is a giant debate on the neighborhood Facebook groups. Where people don't understand what you call 311 for and what you call 911 for. They're mm-hmm. like, well, I needed to report that I saw someone breaking into a car, so I called 311. No, you call the freaking cops. What number do you call if you saw someone having a grill out 
in a local park that you didn't like very much. You don't call anyone because that's fucking stupid. Because whatever one that is, that's the racist number. Unless they are grilling in an area where they're not supposed to, which in a lot of Chicago park districts, you're not supposed to grill in certain areas. And then you just talk to the park district people and be like, hey, I don't know if those people know the rules. Can you make sure they don't burn down that tree? (laughs) (laughs) They got to move like five feet in the opposite direction to be within protocol. Because you can't have a grill on the beach, but you can have it on the opposite side of the sidewalk. Yeah, and that's why the beach smells fantastic. Because there's all the grills. I do like Saturdays at the 12th Street Beach. It smells so good. At any of the beaches. 31st Street Beach is even better because really? everyone can pull their cars up close oh, by. Yeah. And so they just like open their trunks and like unload and everyone has their grill. It's great. <laughs> so while- uh, We miss summer in Chicago in case you can't tell. Uh, I, I can't feel my toes. Uh, there. <laughs> So Jughead is is flipping through papers of his own next to this egg. And as he is musing about uh, how no one's innocent in crime town, the door pops open and reveals the least innocent of all, Kelly Kelly Ripa. Fresh from the morning show with Donald Strahan. Is that who's doing it with her now? Yeah. Okay. Something with a D, Donald? I don't know. Mike, Michael Strahan, not oh, with a D. okay. Michael Strahan can get the D, believe me, but he does not have one. I have not paid attention. You know, I know New Regis wasn't there, but who <laughs> yeah, the hell he, knew who was he, there? He was killed by a football man. But she, she's there with a gun on him. And so Jughead lets loose all the things that he has recently learned, that she is the water inspector. And then she has a letter to the governor saying that the, the water is filthy, but a uh, uh, test showing that the water is clean. At least one of those is fake, probably both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during all of this, Jughead is just like, fushigiing the glamour shake. We can't go down egg. that path again. <laughs> He's just juggling the glamour egg. There we go. He's doing a hacky sack. There we let's, Yes, let's, let's he's go hacky sacking. Even further. Do you want back me to find a song for hacky sacking? I do. I want some third wave ska. Let's real big fish in <laughs> You know, he's he's threatening to drop it mm-hmm. if she shoots him. If she I mean, she that's not a threat. That's things. a natural reaction to being shot. I mean, yeah. He he will shatter the incredibly expensive gift, which is her bribe. Yes. Her her protestation confirms that Jughead is on the right track, that Hiram's mistress is also the water inspector that he's been bribing in order to, one, get the uh, quarantine, and two, probably cover up some dumping. He doesn't know about the dumping yet. He's no. going to learn about it soon. Going to learn. Yeah. And he just waltzes out the door. Do-do-do-do-do. The waltz has taken us very far back. They were quite popular in the 1700s. So then uh, Jughead is like typing on his typewriter again. Mm -hmm. And he thinks like, so what does any of this have to do with who shot him? (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know. It's a good question. Sweet Pea calls Jughead and they meet up and he's all like, okay, I followed Hermione and uh, let's look in this window here. And look, there she is. Getting hot and heavy, heaving bosoms upon, who's that? Sheriff Manetta. Back from the dead, his head and hands restored. And apparently they've been having an affair for months. Mm-hmm. And we hear them talking about how they need to take care of an outstanding problem. And that he's going to use his old sheriff gun 
and uh, all the signs will point to FP. Because a sheriff's gun is like Judge Dredd's lawgiver. You, you pass it on. It will only work for the specific handprint and DNA of the sheriff. I'm like, <laughs> they don't like pass it on and inherit it. Like, <laughs> why would it point to him? It would point toward, but not like open and shut slam dunk. No. I, I guess that's then Hermione's job to manipulate the jury. She learned from the best. Her husband, okay, I guess. And of course, Jughead's like, oh, they're trying to frame my dad. And Sweet Pea's like, why would they do that? What are we going to do? Uh, and Jughead's like, we'll figure it out in the morning. <laughs> Leaves. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't understand. I don't. I'm so confused. Wow, this is really important. I need my eight hours, sweet pea, or I am it's a my monster. I, <laughs> I don't know what that was. I assume there was some like phone call or scene that he had to rush out to or something that was like cut. What was that? This is gonna blow everything wide open, but first, 40 winks. So meanwhile, uh, Archie goes to the hospital. He has a gun with him. Mm-hmm. And one of those, like, giant revolvers from the Wild West. Yes, he's he's very dirty hairy. And we're all like, well, what's he going to do? Uh, Jughead goes and tracks down his dad, uh, which I guess this is where he needed to rush off to. He needed to rush off and tell his dad not to do anything. Yeah, th- this he made called him. that I thing know. make more sense. Like, he, he can't worry about what nonsense they're going to get up to. Until he, he makes sure his dad is okay. He has to worry about making sure his dad doesn't get framed for the nonsense. Yes. You know, tackle the problem you can. Okay. So so he tries to stop his dad, but his dad's like, I just got off the phone. Something's going on at the hospital. I got to go. And he's like, no, you no! can't. It, you're going to get, they're plotting to kill Hiram and they're going to frame it on you. You can't go. Don't do it. I guess Jughead immediately deduces from from what he heard and that something's going down at the hospital that the target is Hiram. Yes. From what they were saying, what, what they were eavesdropping, I thought the target would be Jughead. That yeah. Sheriff Mineta had to take out Jughead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wrong, but it's what I thought in the moment. Yeah. That's what happens when people are vaguely plotting. So, but- oh, so Jughead had gone to see the coroner. On, on the way, I guess. You know, it's all like, wasn't Mineta? So whose body was it? This is the first flashback we get that isn't from an earlier episode. Yeah. We get we get flashback camera yeah. uh, to, to show Jug bribing the bribed coroner to yes. come clean. Which I love because he's all like, oh, no, someone just must have made a mistake. Oh, <laughs> okay, fine. Hermione asked me to do it. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite boy faked uh, Mineta's death. Yes. And so now flashing back to the present, Jughead's like, they're setting you up. You gotta arrest them. And FP's like, no, I can't. And Jughead's like, what the fuck? You're the sheriff. That's your job. You can arrest them. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's because I shot Hiram. Yeah. Because Hermione asked me to do it, which is exactly what I said. Exactly what I said. Congratulations, dear. I'm so good at this. So Hermione needed someone who is willing to shoot Hiram, and she was not spoiled for choice. No. But FP is pretty good at killing people mm-hmm. and, and various crime business, and also uh, has a deep grudge against Hiram for putting together Riot Night, which nearly killed Jughead. Yes. If you almost kill my boy, I will kill you. And uh, his his payment was to become sheriff because he thought it would protect him from 
Hermione and anything that could happen, but he was wrong. He, he was almost wrong. He was almost wrong. But he's got Jughead. That's when Jughead uh, comes clean that, well, oh. I've got some secrets too, and maybe we can help each other out. What's left of Tallboy is dead in my sex hole. <laughs> yes. Yes. We did not put him on a bus, literally. It, it was the figurative thing. He's he just kind of dead. He, he dead. You could probably smell him. You have a, maybe you should go to the doctor, Dad. Your nose might not work. Uh, second sub-confession, uh, we don't need to do a medical GoFundMe for Sweet Pea. Those were not his farts. <laughs> it's not a condition. That was just a lie. Yeah. Yeah. So we go back to the hospital. And uh, Archie is speaking to comatose Hiram mm -hmm. about how Hiram took him under his wing and he learned to, you know, use fear as a weapon. This monologue about this all. But then he gets to the point where he's like, you know, I thought it was all good. And but then my dad got shot and then you hired someone to shoot him again. And, and that's fucked up. And maybe I should balance the scales mm -hmm. as he, he points the gun. But then, out of the corner of his eye, he, he sees a shadow move by the window. And he hears the, the door jiggling, so he rushes into the corner. And hides. And a hooded figure comes in. Always hooded. Pointing a gun at Hiram. And Archie, Archie shoots him in the arm. Yes. <laughs> Not shooting anybody today, boy -oh. <laughs> Not with your right hand. And he stands there and does not seem concerned. About anyone hearing the gunshot. It's a deserted hospital. He did pass no one on the way in. There's no one in the ER. There are no doctors or nurses on staff. This is a bad hospital. There's no. There's a ringing phone. Someone needs medical attention and no one is picking it up. Yeah. This town sucks. So Hermione goes to the sheriff's office where she walks in to see FP and Alice there. Alice, Alice is setting him up for an interview, a mm -hmm. TV interview with her new job. Mm -hmm. One problem, there are no lights on in the building. <laughs> like street lamps are casting the shadow of the window shutters on FP's face. Very noir, very bad TV work. She's <laughs> not going to have this job for long. So they're like, hey, uh, we caught the man who shot your husband, Gerald, whatever they said his last name was. Gerald Petit, which is, of yes. course, a joke oh, because yes. he's a tall boy, but yes. his name his is, is tiny. Also known as tall boy. He, Hiram kept him alive in the woods and had him doing stuff. And uh, we went to get him and he resisted arrest. So he got shot and then he died on the way to the hospital. And Alice here is is going to interview me with my statement about what happened. And Alice is like, you know what? I'd love to interview you too, Hermione. And <laughs> FP's like, yeah, that's a great idea. We should all be on the record As publicly. a united front, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hermione sort of sees about how it, it's you did a wonderful job. And isn't it nice that it's so tidy mm -hmm. sure. uh meanwhile at the speakeasy veronica is telling reggie that hermione she thinks her mom hired someone to kill hiram uh so she could make a profit off of the prison and the drugs and reggie's just like damn fuck <laughs> i love reggie so much lately <laughs> reggie's become an incredible character over the last couple weeks yeah ever since he started working at le bon he's just like climbing the ranks uh but then archie calls 
And uh, Veronica's like, hey, I gotta go. Can you handle the prison break-in and the destroying of the drugs all on your own for me? Yeah, cool, great. See you later. He's really happy to do it because he's always wanted to reenact the plot of Bad Boys 2. Yes. I love Reggie. Uh, so Veronica goes to the hospital. She thanks Archie for saving her father. But is all like, what What were you doing here anyways? And he's like, oh, well, I came looking for you. Of course. Uh, obviously. Because, you know, Reggie might have told you about what happened. It's with not me like being I have ass. your number or anything. Uh, she's like, I'm so sorry. I thought you shot him. And he's like, well, at one point I could have, but I you don't know. hate him now. And apparently we have no, like, no one knows that he actually shot this person. Does, did he just tell everyone I, like, punched him a lot? I would believe that story. Archie has punched a lot of people very well. Because there's no question about, like, but why did you have a gun, Archie? I fought off the attacker with skills I learned in my time in the woods. I hunched my shoulders very large and, and uh, shouted this deep, bellowing shout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I smacked two sticks together <laughs> so, yeah. the, so the assailant would know I was there. For, like, in parent trap. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta scare off the, the wolves and bears. I made sure all of your father's food was put to get, uh, was all tied up in a bag that I hung from a tree. That's why Archie got attacked by bears. He didn't use the bear pole he properly. Didn't use the bear and he bag. probably was still wearing deodorant mm. and hair gel. That'll definitely which you can't do. You can't do it, Archie. You can't use personal hygiene items in the bat country. The bear's gonna smell it. Mm-hmm. You gotta be smelly. You gotta become one with nature. Also, you probably shouldn't have taken the baby as your personal pet and called it Vegas Junior. <laughs> they don't like that. Uh, so then Veronica tells us that Hiram's suddenly awake from his coma and wants to see Archie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That happened quickly. He just needed one loud noise to wake Whoa, him up. Whoa, what was that? What was that? What? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so Archie goes in there. And uh, Hi- Hiram knows that he was saved by Archie, uh, and they talk about how they've been locked in a battle, and, and now they need to have a truce, and uh, they're not going to move against each other, and they're just going to be bros. And th- they shake, and that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then Veronica and Reggie go burn a lot of fizzle rocks. Yeah, Reggie has solo. By cover of night, <laughs> broken into a drug lab in the basement of a prison. And stolen a truckload of drugs. Carried out on it a truckload of drugs and drug-making paraphernalia. Judging by the, the items in this bonfire, mm-hmm. it seems the number one ingredient in Fizzle Rocks is wooden crates. <laughs> yes. But even so... Did, did he just drive the truck through the wall or did he break in and out of the prison basement several times? I don't know. Reggie is a fucking beast. He's unstoppable. He can do anything. But yeah, they're, they're burning the entire Fizzle Rocks empire. If that's the plan, just burn it in the bait. You take the fire to the drugs. Just light the prison on fire. It'll be fine. Don't take the drugs to the fire. Yeah. It's it's dumb. You did it once I, already I, in the White Worm earlier this season. Here's my favorite thing. is apparently Fizzle Rocks, they package them in a full box of a pack of like 20 <laughs> with like fully branded packaging. Veronica, when you run a business like I do, your father, 
You understand that marketing is the most valuable part of your enterprise. And you need to have good packaging design to sell to your customer on the street corner through your long jacket. It's like Breaking Bad. Yeah. Every every meth dealer has their own brand. Jesse tried to put cayenne in his, which was fucking dumb. But everybody knows that the blue stuff is the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it looks like Kool-Aid. <laughs> it does. The thing I love is after Frozen came out on Pinterest, there was a lot of things about making different types of, like, ice-looking candies for, like, kids' birthday parties. And all I thought was, like, wow, that looks like the drugs from Breaking Bad. <laughs> so, meth. You mean meth. It looks like meth, yes. <laughs> but I mean, like, specifically, like, the blue meth is what it looks like. <sighs> but for children to pretend to be Elsa. So we, we've, we've reached the climax of our episode. An now hour and 16 minutes later. We continue to, to do the wrap-up. Uh-huh. The fallout of all the action. So Betty goes back to visit Hal, fills him in on what happened. What she's learned about her family. And how she was going to turn Penelope in, but now she feels pity for her. And they talk about how well, Penelope and Hal are just products of their environment, and it's not all black and white. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe someday you'll feel that pity for me. No! I mean, it it is strange to see Betty not turning in Penelope for a, a minimum three admitted murders. I think it's more like, well, you can't turn her in because you'd be turning yourself in. I get that, but not this other stuff. Yeah, It's not yeah. very Betty. Uh, so Archie goes to visit Josie and thanks her for taking care of him. And he's like, you know, I'm thinking about your advice. And you're right. I will beat up Kevin's dad very hard. We're going to be boxing buddies. <laughs> and uh, do you want to like jam or anything? She agrees as long as he sings backup, which I am really happy with. That's, actually. that's fine. That that's is the fine. best arrangement. Can you turn down the gain on Archie? <laughs> a little lower? A little Wait, 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 does this song need a guitar? Can we get the boy a tambourine? <laughs> Has anybody seen Archie's tambourine? Go ask Valerie. Yeah. He can borrow hers. Yeah. Yeah. Visit the set of Altered Carbon. Maybe you'll find okay. her there. Okay, someone out there needs to make, take take the little, like, um, Archie cartoon mm-hmm. band shot with, you know, the one character using the tambourine, but then Betty. take yeah, Betty using it and the whole band, but then they gotta put the song from the worst witch <laughs> with that part over it. I need I need a nice gif so, gif thing. So you want Vine to come back. I want Vine to come back. And you have an idea for a Vine. Yes. I need someone to do this for me. <laughs> what? I love you. I love you. There's there's a mission for our listeners. Step one, bring back Vine. <laughs> Hermione goes to visit Veronica and is all like, what the hell did you do? I paid in advance to these people who are going to buy our drugs. And she can't give them a refund because she already spent that money to the governor to do the final loose end tying of of their uh, fake quarantine plan. And I'm just over here like, damn, Hermione, you are really bad with money. (laughs) Don't spend money until it's actually yours. So then Hermione goes to Jughead. They they catch up on everyone knowing everything about everyone. You you put my dad in this, and Hiram's responsible for seizures, and blah, 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 blah. Jughead's saying, this is why you're doing everything. And she's like, well, yeah, 
But Hiram uh, also hired Tallboy to take shots at me at the debate Mm -hmm. way back when, throwback. Yes. And uh, I'm not putting up with that shit. (laughs) Jughead proposes her motive, you know, because the, the, the big climactic scene where the detective explains it all to... The, the criminal. It's not just a noir thing. It's an Agatha Christie thing. Yes. And every, you know, uh, he's right on every point, except he tells her that she did it to get back at him for giving Veronica a, uh, uh, a, seizure. a seizure through the toxic runoff of the Jingle Jangle plant. But no, it is personal revenge. Yes. Yes. Um, and also, neither one of them can tell anyone anything if Jughead tells anyone about any of this she's gonna tell people about how Tallboy was like shot Mm -hmm. probably by him they're in a deadlock there's a lot of uh, secret pacts yes yes and so then we we go visit Hermione in her little cabin with Mineta we see that he was indeed shot but he's perfectly alive Uh, I was waiting for like a double bluff where that wasn't Mineta yeah. But no, he, he has the bandaged arm where Archie shot him. That's confirmation enough for me. Then we see uh, Hermione shoot him. Yeah. Multiple times. He was uh, suggesting that he go out and, and shoot some more people to, to finish tying up loose ends. Because, you know, your husband had a real strategy for doing that sort of thing. And she's all like, yeah, he sure did. Eat lead, motherfucker. The shortest resurrection on television, I would yes. say. <laughs> Uh, so then we end with Veronica in her full-on garb. That fucking hat. Uh, she goes to visit Jughead. You know, it's all like, well, it was, it was, you know, tall boy. That's what I found out. She's like, well, if it's good enough for Hiram, if he thinks it's that, it's good enough for me. Here's, here's your money. Second half, yeah. He's all like, but wait, don't you want to know what, who really did it? It's like, forget it, Jughead. It's Riverdale. Fuck you. You don't get to you don't get to do that. I don't care that it's a plot about, you know, water rights. <laughs> you don't get to do the Chinatown thing. Yeah. You just don't. Well, they did. They shouldn't. They did it. They shouldn't. I'm sorry, but they did it. Fuck you. And that is the end of the episode. Obviously, the the noir trappings, like we mentioned, both stylistically, uh, certain elements of the plot, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and of course, Jughead really, really steering harder than ever into it in his narration, in mm-hmm. his framing, were there. But I have complaints. Tell me of your complaints. It's not a real noir if the detective doesn't get physically menaced. Jughead was never hit in the back of the head and knocked out and and woke up somewhere tied to a chair. No, but that's happened a lot of other times. He was never in physical peril, which is a a core... He had a gun pointed at him. Yeah, that happens every week on this show. (laughs) Just another Wednesday. Also, I I appreciate that, you know, there was a a utility inspector involved and, and all that sort of thing, but there was no insurance fraud. And yeah. if you're going to do a love letter to to noir, there needs I, I feel like there needs to be some a life gesture, insurance policy gesture toward life insurance <laughs> or or arson yeah. uh, for the insurance or some sort of insurance That's fraud. That's why they should have burned down the prison. Yes, 
Yes. Then get insurance money. And then like. Fuck, Veronica, you missed an opportunity. And then Hermione's like, well, at least you stumbled into plan B. Boom, boom. Mastermind Hermione. Yeah. Yes. Missed opportunities. So that is chapter 46 for you all hanging out there. Mm Mm-hmm. What'd you think, dear? They went for it. They did. They did. This is the densest with information episode yes. of Riverdale, I would say. They were they were trying to clear clean up a lot of stuff. I appreciate the attempt. I appreciate that it was I, believed to be a priority. I appreciated that they tried to do something different mm-hmm. with an episode where they just needed to clean up a lot of loose ends. Yes, yes. That it wasn't just like that, that a they normal f- episode. That they, they looked at their influences and found one that is generally information dense. Yes. To be that excuse and, and marry those two things together. Yeah. Being a noir is only a couple degrees off of the Riverdale norm. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really grab me the way the other format breaking episodes do. Yeah. It doesn't quite tickle that part of my brain because it's it's a slight shift in focus rather than a, a left turn. Yeah. But I appreciate it all the same. Some of it was very goofy. <laughs> but then there were moments like I loved actually seeing Josie do some stuff and be like, Archie, stop being an ass. And, you know, there were some some good moments in it for characters. But then yes, there was yes. some weird things. Like Betty was strange. Betty was Betty very was strange. strange in this episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like, And it all has to do with like how stuff but i'm not sure where they're going with her (laughs) at this point Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to talk about something i brought up earlier this episode and also something we talked about in our last episode Uh i have decided to rethink the the week-to-week inconsistencies as another tribute to the source material Uh how details of the characters lives and hobbies change and change with whatever serves the story at hand. Yeah. You will you will see Betty winning a cooking competition and then in the next digest a story about how she she can hardly boil water. And it doesn't matter because those aren't parts of her essential Bettiness. Yeah. And I I feel like that that is akin to the focus of the writing on this show. The the heart of Archie doesn't change. The extent of his injuries aren't that important in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As long as him being an easily manipulated guy who just tries to do good but always does it in the worst way yeah. is the same. We know he's going to get better. He got found by the finest paramedics that the Canadian Forest Service can muster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who healed him up very fast. Very, very good. They used a back to tank. Those things are ace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a dismount for this. I just wanted to make the point. Okay. But speaking of the comics, there is something that we do need to talk about. Yes. Immediately after recording our previous episode. Didn't even wait for the morning. No, it was like 30 minutes later. An announcement of the the CW's ordered pilots came out. Yes. Including one for Katie Keene, the pinup queen. Yes. An Archie Comics character. Katie is not a a Riverdale character. No. But she is an Archie Comics character. Yes. She's she's like a, a separate entity 
Though, haven't there been like some crossover things or appearances? O- over the course of 75 yeah. years? Probably. I feel like there's been some crossover moments. She is in Archie versus Punisher. Yes. Yes, she is. That, that's one that we've covered on the show. Well, I actually, okay. So random thing, like when Archie was using doing the radio stuff mm-hmm. in his cabin, what what was the call sign? Wasn't it Katie? Katie K. Katie K. We did mention it which, then. Yeah, yeah, which I was like, Katie Keene? Are they going to have like a Katie Keene appearance? Like my brain's thinking, oh, like, or maybe like that's the name of the girl that he's talking to who works for the forest thing. It was foreshadowing for this announcement. As far as non-Archie, Archie characters go. Yes. We have a Sabrina show. We have the Pussycats in Riverdale. Yeah. Like, Katie Keene is probably the next biggest one. And but we also haven't the had, least likely one, I think, would happen. But, but I've, I've been surprised we haven't had a more explicit shout-out after we've had Wilbur Wilkins show up <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. Fucking Wilbur Wilkins. Yeah, it's... Maybe this is the reason. Maybe this was a plan Yeah. to, to have Katie Keene be a part of it. Katie Keene uh, is the story of... Katie Keene and her circle of friends mm-hmm. who had adult, I, I don't mean adult like porn, but like they were not teens. They were adults. Yeah, they were like in their 20s, mm-hmm. 30s. Ha- having the same general sort of lighthearted uh, relationship triangle, trying yeah. to, to make it in the big city life. Yes. That, I- that is the premise of the strip. The the announcements that have come out has, you know, very little. It's just like there's going to be a show. Mm-hmm. The, the hook to the Katie Keene stories, though, mm-hmm. is that people would design costumes and send them in. Yes. And then the artists would use them. Yes. So if you find a Katie Keene story, it is likely she will be at a fashion show or a costume party or yeah. a, a theatrical production with strange outfits. They need to have a very big budget. To make this show. So, so many of her stories revolved around situations where one would change clothes a lot. Yes. <laughs> so It would be so cool if they did some type of design competition thing to <laughs> send us your clothing ideas. And then, like, you have to wait till the show comes out to find out if your idea was used. Mm-hmm. That'd be really neat. So the, the announcement... Is just that a pilot was ordered. Yes. For all we know, the pilot has not been written. Because it's been ordered, we know it has not yet been shot. It has not yet been cast. Yeah. But we we just have a basic pitch for what was ordered. Yes. And and producer names attached. We have have Roberto Aguirre Sicasa, of course, and some other Riverdale people. Mm -hmm. We have the Berlanti Company. And uh, the the pitch is that it will be a story about Katie Keene in New York City, uh, trying to make it along with her friends in the world of musical theater, I believe. Makes sense. Might as well do Broadway. There, there's your costuming. It, it will be a musical Maybe dramedy. It's because they're just so obsessed with these musical episodes. Like, let's just do it. It's yeah. Glee meets Riverdale. Come on. Basically, yeah. I mean, my question is whether it's going to be more of an original musical, like the crazy ex-girlfriend way. Or if or it's going to be more like... Just, yeah, straight jukebox like Glee. If it's all actual legit musicals, I'm fine with this. <laughs> a jukebox musical, a jukebox musical, but only using musicals, musicals. as their and corpus. And nothing that's from a jukebox musical. So no, no Rock of Ages, no, no Rock Mama of Ages, Mia. 
No. Certainly no Jersey Boys or Million Dollar Quartet. Fuck you, Jersey Boys. I am so tired of that. They brought that back to Chicago. Fuck that. It sells tickets. They ran for so long. It sells tickets. It's boring. So I guess look out for future announcements about that. The the articles I've seen mentioned it as a Riverdale spinoff, but I don't know how true that's going to be in the classic sense of Katie Keene shows up in Riverdale and then... We get her show. Well, didn't they call kind of like a lot of news articles said like Sabrina was a spinoff. Yeah, they, they still use that language for Sabrina, too, when it is not. It's not. They have had several winking nudges. But it's not but a spinoff. there's no actual relation. It's, yeah. As of yet. That might change. And I feel like a spinoff, like, for me, those characters have to be introduced within the show. Mm-hmm. To be a proper spinoff. Gotta miss the the good old days of spinoffs where it really was a character from a show that was on that show for like two or three seasons. Yeah. That would then get spun off. Yeah. The last great spinoff was Frasier. Yeah, Private Practice was earlier, like... Later than Frasier. But in any case, do you want to talk about uh, predictions? Predictions! What's the prediction you got, darling? Uh, Archie is going to continue training in this boxing gym, and he's going to be given a match. He's going to start in, oh, like, fuck. competing for Golden Gloves, and you know who his first match is going to be against? Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Somehow survived and released. Oh, fuck. I was going to say he suffers from PTSD from his time in the jail. Uh, yeah, Mad Dog will either and- not remember him at all, oh. or will see him as an enemy mm. and, and be out for blood. Betty is going to start working for the Maple Club. Well, she does have uh, some cam girl experience. Yes. Limited cam girl experience. I, I think she will. This will be her way to save up to go to college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I actually really like that one. Yeah. I feel like something's going to happen that pushes her away from her mother even more. Mm-hmm. C- can we just rewind about 40 minutes? About 90 minutes? <laughs> I just got over seeing Reggie serving alcohol as a minor, uh-huh. but seeing him serve it to Archie, who is also a minor, right? just like shook me awake again in a way. <laughs> like, anyway, please continue. But yes, that's that's what I think. Okay, I think the, the prospective buyers that are now pissed off is clearly going to be Elio's family. I guess we've been introduced to the other boys back in season two, but none of them have recurred again, so they don't count. It's going to be Elio's family. What if it's Chicken Nugget? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Papa Poutine's daughter. It's it's the remains of the Poutine clan, maybe. Those are the two possibilities. (laughs) But either way, they're going to shoot up Pops to send a message. (gasps) Pops is going to become a battleground. Maybe Molotovs. Maybe they they plant a bomb in Pops. But Pops is going to be destroyed. Pops can't die, though. Well, not Pop Tate. He'll be fine. Okay. But Pops Chocolate Shop. Yeah. Yes. Well, obviously, Josie and Archie are going to, like, hook up. Why not? I'm hoping it's a moment where, like, Archie kisses her and she's like, what the fuck, dude? No. Valerie and I talk. I'm not dealing with this. I deserve better than you and I know that. (laughs) But I implore everyone listening, please, please think of a ship name that is not a portmanteau of Josie and Archie. I am begging you on my hands and knees. They're bad. They're very bad. Well, you know what's the worst one? Veronica and Reggie. Veggie. That one's cute because it makes a word. I don't like like it. I don't like it because you know what? You shouldn't be like all, ooh, 
things are so cute and romantic and think about broccoli. Well, no, no, no. The reason it's veggie isn't because it's their names. It's because it first started when he texted her an eggplant. (sighs) (laughs) Uh, Betty is going to break Hal out of plexiglass prison. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't know why, but I know she will. Yeah. Yes. Like, I need you to take you to smack some sense into mom. (laughs) And the farm people. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'll be after she finally eats Edgar. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god so your prediction is cannibalism <laughs> yes i predict cannibalism no Th- after that she- might cause seizures there's some, <laughs> some like prion disease yeah. <laughs> um after she meets him and like realizes how much deep shit her mom's in and is like okay you gotta come help Okay, all right. It, it's like Ken Watanabe in the Godzilla movie, Let Them Fight. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let them take each other out. It'll be great. Can I give you another disappointment? Hmm. So before this episode, uh, the, the production staff and the cast and a lot of people were hyping it up with the hashtag, who shot Hiram, right? Yeah. And we did learn who shot Hiram. Yeah. But that made me really wish that Dagwood and or Juniper shot Hiram. <laughs> So instead of a big noir uh, uh, thing, it was just a, a Simpsons tribute. Yeah, yeah, I would have preferred that. Yeah, yeah. I I would like to have found out it was a Dagwood, but like a different one. It was the one from that comics where the dude <laughs> laid a lot of sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marmaduke thinks he's people. He's just too big. Should we talk about what we do know? Let's talk about what we do know. Our next episode is going to be chapter forty-seven. Funny how those numbers go. Uh, Bizarro Dale. Bizarro Dale is not a film. Fuck you. <sighs> so, what we know. Kevin is going to drink from the G&G goblet. With moose. With moose. Uh, Gladys is probably in town. Yeah, why not? Probably. She's there. Cheryl is in her archer gear. And Tony looks worried. I think Sher- ex-Sheriff Keller's having sex. Nice. Uh, Reggie gets shot. Reggie gets shot and demands uh, Veronica drive him away. And Josie is in it. Josie's in it. Yep. I know a little more about this episode because I... I, Did you Google? I Googled Bizarro Dale to find out if it was a movie, just in case. You found out things you probably didn't want to know. I found out announcements from back in December... (gasps) Back in December, that the title is a reference to the fact that we're going to look at Riverdale as if the core four were uh, Cheryl, Kevin, Reggie, (gasps) and Josie. (gasps) Which is a fantastic idea for an episode, because those are all people I wish were in the show more. Maybe Kevin will finally deal with his feelings. He will deal with some feelings, whether it's the feelings you want, time will tell. But we also have another uh, announcement about yeah. that upcoming episode. It's going to be delayed. It's gonna well, be we're de- going to be delayed. It will air on Wednesday as always, but us talking about it will not be in your feed just a few short hours afterward. It'll be a few days afterwards. Yes. I will be out of town, so I will not be able to watch it. So we will not be able to record. I am kicking around a few ideas about something else to put up on the feed for Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. so you'll probably still have something once I I settle on a final decision. But we will be bringing it to you. We will be watching it, doing our recording. It will just be a little delayed. Just a little late. 
I don't want to say exactly when it will be coming out because... It depends on your travel schedule. Yeah. Who knows how delayed planes are going to be if this goes too much longer. Winter's hard. Winter's hard. That announcement sounds like we've already started our housekeeping, so let's keep that train rolling. We would really appreciate it if you gave us a rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or, or other places like that. You can also tell a friend if you're traveling in the coming weeks like I am. I don't know. Maybe it's a great conversation to have with your seat buddy. And if you're locked up in a chilling, cold house arrest. Like us. Maybe you need somebody to talk in your ear. We are there for you. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? If you run out of sex, Archie, we have other podcasts you can listen to, too. The sexiest of which is our 69th episode of History Hunting that just came out. Uh, we, we didn't dwell on it too much, uh, cause it didn't fit the mood of that show, but let's do it now. Let's celebrate our 69th episode and how nice it is. It's very nice. I don't have balloons or anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you're supposed to wrap it up before uh, a proper 69. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant. And from us here at Sex Archie. I'm going to pretend I believe you idiots. Sugar. Please.